Welcome to Conversation Pace. I'm your host, Brian Rossetti. In this episode, I talk with Tom Black, an athlete and coach based out of New York City. After several years of marathoning, Tom continues to progress. This year, he ran a new PR in 231.54 on a negative split at Houston. We discuss his big race, how he got into running, and how other factors besides having a coach, like his dad's health issues, and COVID have helped take his running to the next level. Hope you enjoy our conversation. Tom, welcome to the show, man. Brian, it's nice to uh, nice to be speaking with you today. Yeah, so we haven't talked in a little while. It's funny, I was actually just working with with your coach um, on a little VDOT project, uh, Stephen yep. Kirsch. Right on. You guys so, working on some some creative concepts for for the VDOT's future? Exactly. Yeah. So Stephen's actually working on like the workout share overlay. Like we're sort of just refreshing the the design to get people excited and um, keep sharing their workout on social so yeah it's kind of fun it's always great to, that's awesome to yeah I, a lot of the content that you guys have been posting recently has been uh very very solid and just like eye-catching and and everything you want to see as as a you know as a follower as a member so keep it up <laughs> ah that's awesome i appreciate it well a lot of it has to do with with steven i can't take any credit for that um but i'll take credit for you know, get him to, getting him to work with us <laughs> Right, right. <laughs> um, but now nah, he's awesome. And so he honestly, he wanted me to ask you right off the bat, like, how come you've improved so much since you started working with him? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, honestly, it's, it's been perfect timing. Um, I'm, I'm sure we'll get into that later. Um, right. If you want to talk just like timeline of everything or, or whatnot. Of course. But no, he's, so- he's been he's been so, so helpful. Like I was just getting to the point where I was starting to get a little confused with my own training. So I was just self-coached. Yeah. And and he just came on and was just like, so um, just like kind of like motivating and just taking so much weight off my back that I was just able to focus on like getting after it. And that kind of just like, honestly, just snowballed like a bunch of different just like levels of fitness and, and PRs and whatnot. So it's it's been really fun training with him. That's awesome. No, that will definitely build up to that. Um, so you're in New York now, right? How long have you been there? Yes, sir. Um, I've been in New York City for three years. Um, I did one year out of um, out of college before moving to the West Coast. I lived in San Francisco for three years, but um, yeah, I've been here for three three and a half years. And I think you just moved, right? Different neighborhood. Yeah, similar neighborhood. Um, had to stay pretty close to the running path, to be honest. Uh, so I didn't go too far. But you're on the west I side. I am on the west side. Yep. Do you do a lot of runs on the West Side Highway or no? Pretty much the majority of my running um, is on the West Side Highway. For Boston, I was getting up to Central Park a lot more than I usually do just because of the the hills there. It's just like perfect for training. Um, And then I do my speed work and track workouts um, on the East River track. So it's like honestly a perfect like two mile warm up over there from my spot. Um, So it's it's a good little setup. Yeah. When I first moved to the city, I was in the West Village and um, West Side Highway. It got old pretty quickly. I don't know how Uh, honestly, with people like on it, like in the in the summer, in the spring, like the seasonal runners, it's like it's so crowded. Um, this time of year, I could be the only person out there in like the morning or at night or something. Um, but honestly, it's it's a special power to be able to motivate yourself to run on that running path every single day, especially when you're running like big mileage. You're like, oh, wait, I'm going to go run the same eight mile loop again and again and again. Um, but I don't know. There's something about the city that just kind of keeps you going. Yeah, that's true. There's always something 
thing to look at, you know, or distract. Yeah. yeah. I mean, over there, it's crowded, um, especially with the bikers. And, um, oh, but, yeah. It's, it's definitely hectic at times. Yeah. And, and Central Park, for whatever reason, like when I moved, so I was in the village and then I just went Upper West Side and just kept kind of pushing up. But I was always, I think after that experience, I was like, you know, if I'm in the city, it has to be close to the park, you know? Yeah. Uh, and it's Central Park's like just big enough. Like I never really got tired of running in there. Um, yeah. After so many years, I think because it's just kind of big enough. But you're right. Like you get you get just enough variety, and there's just craziness of the cities always going on. So yeah, I, I you definitely have to get creative to stay entertained <laughs> running here. I mean, like if I go to the park twice a week, I hit the track twice a week. I do my like West Side Highway, just like kind of easy, easy hour, easy ninety minute jogs. Uh, you just kind of like mix it up between that and like just running with friends and the weather. It's like there's always something to keep you. Uh, to keep you occupied um but living living close to central park is definitely something that i tell people not take for granted because between like the bridal path and just the soft surface and just the scenery like all year round it's pretty much like the most beautiful place to run here and uh even like the energy around the fall and the summer training for marathons is like even if you didn't want to run and then you go up there and you see everyone just like absolutely laying their life on the line for like some tempo runs or long runs um it kind of gets you motivated so it's yeah a special special little uh like aura around it yeah so i want to get into your backstory um but i also want to get right into what you recently did in houston and get yeah. into that and so we can learn as much as we can um but just quickly talk a little bit about um your background like athletically where yep. you came from um and then kind of how you first started getting into running yeah man um so there's definitely like uh there's a short a long version of this <laughs> and i'm gonna try to hit you with like maybe the medium because there are some kind of nuggets along the way that kind of sculpted you know where I'm at today just from like a running perspective and honestly just like from a an enjoyment and like passion perspective because um I was never never a runner um so I'm sure that's pretty unique for someone like hopping on this podcast <laughs> but I grew up playing soccer and lacrosse um so I was like always pretty fit um played like midfield too so I was always running around um went on to play division one lacrosse in um at Bucknell for four years years were like top 20 so was definitely still physically fit through college um and then out of college i started working um in finance actually so i moved to san francisco and that's kind of where i really started running um i was working east coast hours so like 3 a.m to 3 p.m i'd get off work it'd be like sunny out day was beautiful and i just started like running honestly a few times a week that eventually led to like some longer runs on the weekends um i'd run to like different areas of the city um, and I remember specifically, like I ran like 10, 10, 12 miles once. And I was like, dang, like this is pretty close to a marathon. It's funny. I thought about like that being that close to a marathon because it's so not. But it uh, it led me to sign up for my first marathon. Um, and then I was training for that. I was working. I was like studying for a pretty hard financial exam and wasn't like sleeping that much. So my body kind of broke down training for my first marathon. And I think that's honestly why I'm so careful now, just like in focused on recovery and like not running through small like nicks and stuff um so i like i herniated two discs in my back and mm -hmm. actually the month leading up to my first marathon i uh i just swam i just hit the pool hard for like a month because the doctor was like um you probably shouldn't run this marathon you should probably stop running like the impact is not helping you um and i was like yeah but you know i've come so far so i swam leading up to the marathon and then i did the marathon but it was a super painful experience um like obviously very rewarding um so it was like a bucket list item but i never thought i'd run again 
again or like which, run a marathon again. Like I was in was Napa. It was like oh. for my first ever marathon. Um, so I ran Napa and like with two herniated discs in my back and to stop running, I was in pain for honestly, like not because of the race, but just everything leading up to it. I was just like a really painful two, three months. I couldn't sit down. I was like constantly like massaging like my leg. I had like bad sciatica. So like it really scarred me um, just as far as like injuries um, with running. And I knew it wasn't solely because of running. It was like sitting at a desk. It was other stress. It was studying. It was like no sleep. So kind of learned the hard way with that. And then um, I would say I retired from the sport <laughs> very early. One and done. Um, one and done, man. And uh, I actually moved. I ended up moving back to New York. Um, I was still working in finance. Um, at that time, I was like kind of looking for something else to do. And I wanted to be like in the fashion and fitness space. Um, and this is kind of where the story gets a little bit interesting. Um, and I can't really skip over this because it's made a pretty big impact on uh, my last few years. But the day I moved into my first apartment in New York, um, my parents came in, my parents are from Jersey, they, uh, they came in to help move me. And my dad had a sudden cardiac arrest. Mm. And I it was like, it was a pretty crazy moment. Like my mom was there, she's helping like a neighbor did like CPR neighbor called 911. I ran to this gym, this like fitness next to my apartment and grabbed the defibrillator um and like the first responders came as i got back with the defibrillator and my dad um was in the hospital for like a week in like a medically induced um state and um i'd only like really leave the hospital to run honestly just like clear the head you know reset a little bit and he's like he's fine now he's 100 like was able to walk out of the hospital like 10 days later which we're super super grateful for but that kind of brought me back into running because um my sister was like hey Tom, you should try running like the New York City Marathon for like the American Heart Association. Um, like, mm-hmm. you know, put all this like energy towards, you know, something that you can kind of make an impact if you want it, you know, tell tell the story a little bit. And so um, I ran New York City Marathon and raised money for the charity. And I ran a 255. Oh, wow. um, yeah. So that was like, and I, I really wasn't as into ru- running as I am now, like not even close. I just kind of did it because, and I don't, and I don't take that lightly. Like, I'm so thankful that that all happened because that 255 everyone was like oh you got around boston now and i was like oh like do i though like i <laughs> i honestly i was like this will be the second marathon and no more <laughs> um yeah like, honestly um, what were you running before like the 255 how much i think was- i was running like 30 30 35 miles a week oh interesting i probably peaked around like 40 45 um and what was your goal was it mostly just to do it to like raise get, money or yeah. were you getting competitive as you started to get into it. Definitely like wasn't like I had a goal. It was probably around three hours, maybe sub three, sneak in there, but it wasn't like, you know, Boston qualify. I want to keep the ball rolling kind of thing. Um, it was just like, let's see how 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 well I can do. Um, like I had a lot of people supporting me. Um, and it was really just like it was kind of for everyone else. Like I love the experience. It was one of the best days like of my life, but um, I definitely wasn't like super competitive with my timing or that into my training as I am now, like at all. Um, and then kind of just like quickly. So I was like, all right, well, I guess I have to have, I have, I have to like train for, or run Boston, which is on a, a year lag. Um, so it was going to be in two years from that day. And so I was like, dang, I'm going to have to train through the winter. So I signed up for New Jersey marathon in the spring, just to like mock the whole buildup that I'll have to do for Boston. Um, and I ran a 2:45 in Jersey, but that training block was where I see me like really falling in love with the sport. And I don't really know, like, I can't put a finger on it uh, as to why, um, I had 
had, I was leaving my finance job at the time and running was like really like, just like lighting a spark, honestly, in my life, like creatively fitness wise, I was like having all these cool conversations and meeting these people. And I was like, all right, this is like, this is a feeling I want to chase. This is like, this is a, a sport I want to chase. It was like making me competitive again. It was kind of just like, a, I don't know, it just, everything felt right. Um, so like ran, ran Jersey in 245 and then the next fall kind of ramped up training a little bit to like, I feel like every marathon I added, I've added 10, 10 miles. So like I went from 30 to 40 Philly, I was probably at like 40 to 50 miles a week. Okay. Um, and then after Philly COVID hit, um, so what did you run whole, Philly? Philly was 237 something like right on six, six minute pace. Wow. And then, um, then COVID hit. And so obviously there's no racing for a year, but I, I ran, um, like 3,500 miles that year. So I ran, I averaged about like 10 a day, just getting out there you know, just run, running through all the, all the craziness. Um, so I, I gained a lot of volume that year. And then Wait, the so COVID, was COVID kind of a breakthrough in that sense, in terms of like transitioning to like real, like weekly mileage? Yeah, weekly? maybe. Yeah, maybe because I didn't really have the pressure of like, Hey, this is going to be like a strict 20 week buildup for a marathon. You're going to be doing speed work and whatever. Like I was just able to focus on like being consistent, being healthy, getting a bunch of miles on my legs and and, uh, and kind of just going from there. Like I always knew that Boston was going to come eventually. Like I knew races would resume at some point. So I was like, this isn't going to waste. Um, so that kind of kept me motivated through a whole year, which is crazy. Um, and then um, that's when I kind of came in contact with you guys, actually, because at that point I wanted to run a, a 50 mile um, ultra, I guess we could call it. And with really a focus still on Boston, I was just like, I just want to do like a 50 mile ultra for honestly, the American Heart Association again. It was like, it was like, uh, I don't know what, how many years, two, three years after. Um, and yeah, so that's what I linked up with Steven. He coached me through the 50 miler, um, which was a really awesome experience. Um, like a couple news channels actually picked it up. And so that, that helped the fundraiser a lot. And it was just like a good celebration of kind of the past few years and running and getting, you know, spreading awareness, um, for heart disease and, and everything like that. I ran with a bunch of friends. Um, and then kind of Boston came around and Boston and Houston. So I'm sure I'm sure you have some like new fresh questions, <laughs> but the background on my running is kind of like summarized up by by all of that. You know, and it's not crystal clear, but the passion kind of kind of was born over time. In any road races, anything like that growing up or really no association with none, none. Or... I was pretty much consumed by soccer, lacrosse. I played both those sports like almost year round. Um, yeah. Never, never really thought about, you know, running. Um, but in either school did you feel like oh man i'm pretty fat like what's your foot speed like was there like it's it's pretty like growing up i was i was fast and um even in college i probably had you know some of the better endurance on my team but yeah i mean it was nothing like this (laughs) like i think about it now like (laughs) dang if i was this fast in college lacrosse i mean just at least like have this endurance but i will say like soccer and and lacrosse they're both very active and you probably run i don't even know what the number is six seven eight miles a game I like I rarely came off the field in both sports for like all of high school. So I I, I was probably running honestly as much as as people like in uh, in cross country in high school and stuff. And doing um, a lot of weights and strength too. Especially yeah across. yeah yeah. So probably yeah eighth grade freshman year of high school probably started hitting the weights a little bit and that carried through college as well. Um, funny like strength has definitely been an aspect and I still I still strength train. Um, definitely not as as intensely as I used 
to. And now it's a little bit more focused on running, which has been pretty new. I would say like just this past year, I've been more focused on just like lifting for um, like prehab and recovery and just like core strength and very running focused um, like movements and kind of dropping things that won't really help. Um, so I, I kind of see that as, as something that could propel me forward as well. Do you think um, that's a big part of like why you've been able to handle so much volume and, and stay healthy? Um, yeah, I, I think that's, you know, probably the easiest way to kind of comprehend that because I don't see it really being like, I've definitely been consistent and I've definitely had a slow buildup. Like even for someone that doesn't have a lot of muscle on them, like I've still, I think been pretty conservative over the years of just slowly building and then getting more intense with like my speed work and training. Um, but I have stayed pretty, pretty fresh and, and injury free. And I think that's honestly how I've gotten not completely, but how I've definitely progressed um, just because I haven't had to like sit out for months or like really tailor to like a, an intense, you know, stress fracture or like a pulled, pulled muscle or strain or anything like that. So I don't know. I, I keep, I keep it pretty consistent just cause it's like, if it's a works, don't fix uh, whatever that, you know, if it ain't broke, don't, uh, mm-hmm. don't fix it. So, um, yeah, I, I try to keep the strength consistent and, um, focusing more on yeah. Running specific stuff. So, yeah. And how is your, how's your dad doing now? Is he okay? Yeah, he's good. He's, um, yeah, he's back like playing golf and tennis and stuff, which is awesome. Um, it's actually it's hard. February is heart disease awareness month. So um, I thought that was pretty, pretty relevant as well. But he's all good. Um, there's definitely a scare definitely gave him like a second second approach to um, to living, you know, a healthy, happy lifestyle. And he was he was in shape, like he's he was a, a stellar athlete and like college, everything. So it was pretty scary. Um, right. Definitely put right. a lot of stuff into perspective for you know my family and, and the people close to us. Right. So it wasn't like it was just inactive, like a clear, you know, lack of fitness. This was yeah it was genes and you know the whole game yeah yeah it was yeah i mean not to get like totally into it but like he um he had like an irregular um like heart beat and his main artery was clogged and um just like i don't know it's it's stuff you just like need to kind of check in on if you're you're growing older yeah not to not to dwell on this too much but i'm just curious like does he did he look back on him and like shit you know there were signs and i just kind of didn't you know you know he's about it you know He's a super laid back guy to some extent. And my mom is the complete opposite. My mom is a health freak and is all over everyone all the time in the best yeah. way. I love you, mom, if she <laughs> listens to this. But um, I think she she definitely will remind him of that or like ask him those questions. And I think there were things that kind of he could have looked into a little bit better um, leading up to that situation. Um, yeah. You know, just like I think it's honestly general awareness. It's like the same thing as me grabbing at a fibula to essentially save his life it's like do you know what to do when someone goes down with like a, a heart problem um so i think it goes like twofold of just like it's like you should know that you should check these things like annually or you know this is a potential symptom for this and whatnot so i yeah. think i think he understands um and honestly it's it's just kind of been like a story that just like resonated with some people so i think if it you know impacted anyone's life in a in a good good way then i don't know i i feel fine talking about it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. No, it's great. Um, all right. So back to your improvement. <clears throat> I'm just not going to spoil, but just jump right to it. You yeah. just ran 231.54 in, excuse me, <clears throat> in Houston. And I think it was a negative split too, which yep. is we're seeing that more and more often, which is which is always awesome to see. Um, it's inspiring. And I think it's just a better way for most runners to approach it. And so obviously 255, it's going to keep getting harder to mm-hmm. 
you know, the faster you get. That that makes sense. So, but now you now we're, this is pretty serious stuff. So two thirty one fifty four. I just want to dig in, like yeah, that's a big jump once you're that fast. I think two thirty seven was so it was a six minute roughly six minute PR from Philly. Yeah, that- se- seven minute. It was like a two. It's right okay. around two thirty eight. Like honestly, my Boston to Philly times were like ten second different. Yeah. Um, and I, honestly, that's like on two years of training. So I'll say that Boston was. I mean, that just goes to show you Boston's really tricky. Like the course is tricky. You got to run it well. And uh, you know, I didn't run it um, <laughs> as planned, obviously. Uh, which I could like, I could definitely talk about, like just the uh, you know what I learned from Boston, which translated into me kind of getting a bigger you know PR mm. in Houston. Do you want me to well, dive into that? Yeah, for sure. I mean, <clears throat> obviously Houston's gonna be a little. Well, I don't know. I mean, Boston depends on the conditions. Like, yes, yeah. everyone talks about the hills, but you got all these downhills. I think the downhills probably are net negative in many ways because the yeah. way your quads. And so, talk a little bit about that. How you guys handled? Were you working with Stephen for Boston or no? Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Me and Stephen were were uh, were working together for Boston. And honestly, like because that buildup was so so long, we were able to kind of like really focus on it. And I, my like one of my regrets from Boston isn't like running more hills. Like people I'm coaching for Boston right now, I definitely am throwing them at at some hills. But like I, I we hit hills pretty hard, and I was doing some like interval stuff on in Central Park rolling hills, um, and like taking them pretty well and running pretty well on them. So I don't think that was like a huge part. It's kind of just like the combination of Boston being downhill, which obviously fries your fries your quads, and then you know you you try to lock in like some smooth pace and before like the four hills from miles like 16 to 21 and that kind of just like seizes up the rest of your legs so if you're not feeling amazing at that point which i wasn't that is like i mean just kind of like a death wish for for times and whatever if you don't run conservatively in the beginning which is honestly hard to do because it is downhill and you know like i I didn't race in two years like i forgot the feeling of like you know feeling all good on race day and probably over you know over um just ran too fast in the beginning but um i thought boston like my my training block was really good and i think that led to houston so like i I give a lot of my my pr credit to honestly (laughs) the boston buildup like i one was running like really uh like 60 70 mile weeks i hit 80 you know 85 a couple times for boston i got a little bit dinged up leading up to boston but it didn't really alter my training too much um i was just like a little bit um conservative with like my stride at some points and whatever. Um, but then Boston, you know, I was like super hyped up. I was really excited to run that race. Um, I think blow, like I'd call it a blow up, like because I ran like a 115 and then like a one. Oh, wow. Yeah, 115 and like a 123. So what was the plan going in? Like, did did he did you guys have a plan to be this time at the half or no? Was it just like, like be careful? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, so and we could talk about this at, at any other point, but like your training re- kind of revolves around some effort, some time. And like I, my goal, quote unquote goal was like, you know, 230, 231, two, three. So like if I were to run a 115, 116, like that was, you know, normal, maybe I could even split. Maybe it's a little bit of a positive split because of the hills. Mm-hmm. Um, so like I was feeling good until like mile 16 and then my legs were just like totally, totally out. And then the rest was kind of just a grind. But that, um, it, that kind of just like stuck with me. Like I wasn't pissed at all. Like I was like, wow. Like when I finished Boston, I was like, that was the coolest running experience I've ever had in my life. Um, and like, I wasn't even like salty. I didn't PR. I was just like, wow, I just can't wait to run 
on my next race because wow. I almost immediately felt that one, I had turned into like a really good runner, but two, I had failed in some regards as far as like strategy, you know, going too fast too early or not packing up or or doing all these things. So immediately after that, I was like, yo, Steven, like I have to, I have to run again because my training and everything that we did doesn't reflect, you know, this time. And right. that's just like me being like competitive with myself. Like I'm not like a, fr- like I don't get down in the dumps by like don't PR, like miss a workout. Like it is what it is. You learn pretty much from everything, every failure with running, I think. Um, so yeah, I mean, after Boston, it was 14 weeks until Houston and then didn't start running till 12 weeks. Um, and just like some things we trained were, we kind of just like keep, kept building. So like kind of took Boston as like a massive workout, you know, reset the body a little bit and just kind of kept going. Like my body felt really good a week, two weeks after, um, and just like connected 12 <laughs> solid, solid weeks, um, of staying healthy. Um, and then, you know, probably four or five weeks out, I just started like getting crazy focused on it. Um, like eating really, really well, sleeping really, really well, recovery, all this stuff just to to make sure I wasn't going to Houston to run a 115 and then a 123 like I did in Boston. So um, yeah, I, I just felt like really, really confident in the training. So at some point, like the 231.50 in Houston reflects, you know, the Boston training, but also the lessons Boston taught me um, and just like kind of carried over. Yeah, no, I think that makes sense. I mean, it, I, it doesn't appear like you went out too quickly in Boston. Like Jack Daniels always says like, no, I, I did it. I, I, did, I didn't yeah. think I did, honestly. Like I was yeah, right around like you know uh like maybe even conservatively five seconds above you know goal pace but yeah no i think like i think it's better to focus on effort in those first Mm -hmm. initial miles and jack like jack always says i'm not worried about like if you're gonna be faster but the people breaking to not go too fast is a bigger concern his thing is always like i'm more interested in people not over striding as they go down hill you know x amount of miles and then that's what kind of get you in the later part of the race and the way that you recovered it sounded like wasn't like you overtrained in the build-up so maybe it was just i mean honestly i've gotten a lot of great feedback in the last year or two when it comes to boston prep and results yeah and touching on what you said about hills like i've actually seen like some runners go to a crazy like extent i don't know that i would recommend it but i've had a few that have slowly built up to where and you know this bridge many listening probably don't but they will literally do an eight mile run and just go back and forth on the Pulaski Bridge or on the entire run, just back and forth four times. This is is exactly what I, I have some buddies running Boston um, and I'm like, yo, when the time comes, I have like a long run for you where it's just like, honestly, a six mile tempo on the West Side Highway, then go up to Central Park, you know, do the rolling hills and then do honestly like Harlem Hill repeat. Just like mimic the course because long run tier don't. Yeah, exactly. And and some of them are like running even, you know, splits in Boston. Um, so, yeah, I think just if you really prepare for the course, um, sometimes you got to go through it like you you can't mimic it exactly. Maybe yep. that got you a little bit, but you just needed to kind of go through that. What's amazing is like that must have been a rough last 10 miles and you were. Oh, man, it's great. Let's do it. <laughs> oh, man, it was like it was so bad. But I feel like I mean, looking at the pictures, which is like silly, but. Um, um, everyone around me was just like in so much pain. Like that day was a little bit humid. It was a little bit hot. It, on it, like reading, you know, people's stories or write-ups about that day, like it didn't, it was a complete opposite of Houston, to be honest. Like everyone had a great day in Houston. Boston 
same as like everyone had a bad day or less bad day. Um, whether you know you got away from racing and then you're you're you forget that th- those feelings, that strategy, and you know you do it on the, one of the harder courses. Um, so yeah, I mean that last ten miles sat with me <laughs> probably through all of Houston buildup. I'm like, I'm not flying to Houston to to mm. one walk, take any walking breaks. Like I'm gonna, and I think that like really made me laser focused on just like how bad Boston was essentially. Um, because I had some really big training runs that were definitely faster than than what I you know ran in Boston. So to me, it came down to strat like not strategy, but just like execution. Mm. Um, so yeah, I just I feel like I I did a you, few things wrong in Boston, and and it helped with Houston. You had said that Houston. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but you had said that every other marathon besides Houston, you had spent some time walking. Not yeah, more, right. That's yeah, yeah. Honestly, like I I think that's honestly be just because of my lack of experience and like going out too hard. Mm. Um, I, I I feel like that's just the easiest guess. Um, but yeah, I've probably taken like three to five walking breaks in every race I've ever done besides Houston. So like when I say I learned a lot from Boston, like that's one of the things. I was like, I, this is so this is just like immature of me to be like taking walking breaks or not know myself, <laughs> like not know my limits that I'm getting to this point where I can't even like jog. Um, so honestly, it's just like learning through through all these opportunities because like I I know my paces and my efforts in training, and then when it comes to racing 26.2 miles, like it's not that easy to replicate that in training. So it's just like it's just learning, like trial trial and error. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that that image. Like I could see you out there like walking, and you're like, grow up, Tom. Yeah, <laughs> stop being a up, man. I was like, I thought about that in like flying to Houston in my hotel room. I'm like, I am yeah. not. It's just not going to be one of those days tomorrow. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna negative split this. I'm gonna take all of the failure from Boston, everything I've learned from the Boston training, and just put it together in this race. Nothing else to worry about besides me running 26.2 miles. There was no like I didn't I didn't tell like any of my family friends to come. I was like, this is this is me versus the road. Like this is this is this is bigger. Uh, and it turned out to be you know executed just the way just the way we wanted, and it felt awesome. When you started working with Stephen, um, so Stephen, just to give anyone who's listening doesn't know your coach, um, Stephen was a collegiate runner and now is pretty competitive ultra runner. Transition. I think he qualified for the Olympic trials and marathon at one point. Um, pretty fast runner in college. Ran at Georgetown or finished at Georgetown. And um, so he's he's got a completely different background um, than you as an athlete. Where he how he approaches the sport. Um, that's a little bit more similar to me in terms of like mm-hmm. knowing what these types of workouts are like. Like to to run two thirty and beyond. Like you're getting into some pretty serious uh, training. Was that a, a huge transition like when he started writing workouts on the app were you kind of like whoa like this is cool. I've never done anything like this or were you kind of already there at that point yeah so no it's a great question um and definitely something i've been thinking about recently but um i was self-coached until and when i say self-coached i just mean like i was finding plans i was kind of just like you know half winging it half following something going off a lot of effort pushing it when i felt good and um steven has really been helpful with just like streamlining the whole thing for me and like kind of laying out, you know, like why we do this workout or what we should work on or like why some runs are great where I don't see it and like and things like that. Um, so yeah, I, I'm very, very aware that he has like a very experienced background and knows what he's talking about. And I think that's the kind of trust that you need when you have a coach. Like I called him up, 
last week and I was just like, all right, man, like, thank you so much for everything. Like 231, like I'm super happy with that. Like, I feel like it finally reflected all the training we've been doing. And, and that's when I was like, all right, so like, what, what's next? Like you, like I've, I've officially, I've officially like capped out as to what I know about running. Um, so now like, I really need, you know, like your guy, not that he, I didn't follow his guidance before, but now it's like, what do you think? Like, what do you think we should do or attack? Um, so yeah, I mean, it's been just like super helpful to have someone that knows the whole process, sees it from like the top down, um, where I was, where I get like super close to it. Um, I don't get like frustrated or anything with the workouts, but, um, it's been good to see his approach and his unique workouts that, uh, yeah. And like, we talk about it and it's been just like super helpful. Yeah. It's like the, the incredible, um, like just thinking about competitive athletes, like you said, I'm just sitting here like, man, you spend how much time building? Like probably like you're right. Like it's that Boston build up too, that guy in Houston and everything leading up, you know, that's all yeah. the process. And then like the tragedy of like competitive athletes, like they take a minute to be like, cool, got here. <laughs> What's next? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Steven, what's next? How do we how do we get better? It's like, well, you know, that's so funny. I did that my whole career. You kind of yeah, like, it's like I, I'm I'm soaking in it. It's like every day, like I'm still like going out there running, like like I feel like I'm doing my victory lap, just like super happy with where that's I'm good. at and whatever. Um, but yeah, like you only get so far, and like I'm not crazy about um just like the progress, but I think it helps stay consistent, knowing what you're training for knowing how you're going to get there, like get from point A to point B um, with a little bit of like just getting distracted by the day to day, I think could also be helpful and not totally overanalyzing, you know, goals and, and whatnot. Um, so yeah, yeah, we're, we're kind of kind of on a refresh and then going to approach the spring with uh, with some new a new mission. <laughs> well, that's great. I want to talk about that quickly. But yeah. the, anything like when it comes to that training and now working with a coach for the first time, were there any workouts where you're like, I've never never done anything like that or do you feel like it was pretty much you were kind of close to, to doing that in terms of variety yeah you got you know it's you're getting all, all different paces thrown at you for different reasons yeah. um but i'm just curious like how much of a transition like where you were from before that was it you were doing yeah. speed work but in terms Definitely. of complexity of these workouts was it a big difference yeah and i think that just like kind of goes to me just like building and building on my running so you know to some extent a lot of this is going to be for just because I haven't been able to, you know, handle all of this workload. But like, I would say from what I was used to, just the combination of workouts, honestly, like, you know, you're doing mile repeats, and then like, you know, three days later, you're doing some like 30 second, like fart legs and, mm-hmm. and some like some 5k, um, just like some really short intervals, and just like totally attacking different parts of your body and different parts of your, your aerobic system. Um, so that's, that's the point where you're just like, all right, I'm just trusting all of this, you know? Yeah. It's not like you're doing five easy runs and then one day you're like doing mile repeats. It's like, yo, there's a there's a set, you know, plan for each day. And that also keeps it super interesting. Um, and it's like it's something I also work on with people that I coach. It's just like keep making it fresh. Um mm. and while while working on different different basics of just like getting fitness, but yeah, just like opening up a, a week calendar and seeing something new kind of kind of keeps you distracted yeah, <laughs> from, from the Task at hand. <laughs> 
That's great. And what, what's your favorite workout? Like, do you prefer just going out and running long, easy, or is it one of the other intensities that you that you kind of love? Or yeah, fun? it's funny. I feel like it changes throughout training. Like really? when you're when you're peaking for a marathon and you have like an hour easy on the schedule, like I'm like I'm like dancing out there. I'm smiling. I'm giving high fives. I'm like, this is the best run ever. Just like cruising. Um, but then at some point, like after three, four weeks of just like building back, like kind of where I'm at now, like. I see a speed workout on the schedule and I'm like getting all giddy, like treating it like it's some crazy, you know, some crazy race, but it's like, you know, 10 minutes of tempo work. But um, yeah, man, I don't know. I, I think, I think for me, the big stuff is like super rewarding. Like the, uh, like I did like a five by two mile leading up to, to Houston, which I, um, I ran well, that was, that stuck with me a little bit. That was like a confidence booster. Wow. Um, yeah. I do, I do love like hitting the track. Um, I just have like a, a weird, and I'm sure, you know, people that ran their whole life have like a love hate it's kind of like if i were to step like if someone hands me a lacrosse stick i'm like you like get this thing out of here where you're just like so burnt out but um my relationship with the track is like is awesome like i love i love getting after it um so yeah some of like the 200 400 800s like it took a while for me to even conceptualize like distance and speed where like i couldn't see a workout and be like oh this is gonna be hard i was like no i'm just gonna like do it where now i can actually see like oh this is gonna kick my ass um so that stuff that stuff is fun for me too so so. Yeah, no, that's awesome. I I kind of felt like that way about the track for a long time, but now I just go will go back even if I'm not training for anything. I like kind of going back because when you do the 200 reps, just like 200 on, 200 jog, you know, 200 on, and you're just focused on the next piece. It's almost like meditative, I guess, a little bit. Yeah, 100. You're not thinking of anything else because it's just like you're in it and it's just that step, step. Completely, um, completely. I I actually wrote that. I'm my Strava, I think I ran like uh might have been six sixteen by four hundred in yeah. Houston. Wow. It was like light. It was it was snowing a little bit. I was the only one out on the track, and it just like felt like such a like a spiritual like meditative experience. Um, where you're just like locked into that speed, and mm. you're just going in and out of this like this flow for however long it took. Um, yeah. but something about like the circle and the and the the repetition. Um, it just like feels feels so much better than if I were to try to do that on the on the West Side Highway, like okay. dodging bikers and puddles and sticks and stuff so getting yelled at by bikers oh man i got yelled at so bad this morning I, um, again i was the only person out there and the bike path when the weather's uh like pretty shitty is like the safest place to run it just grips better on your shoes and this like this biker just like went out of his way and he's like this is a bike lane i'm like dude i'm <laughs> one i'm running faster than you two you just like reared like veered over like 10 feet to yell in my ear this is a whole this. nother podcast topic oh man you have no idea. cyclists versus runners oh you have no idea idea yeah it's oh <laughs> I, I i real quick on that one because i just can't i had a buddy who was leaving central park on 81st street so he was exiting there on uh, central park west and he had the light so he could see the, the walkway and the light as he was still in the park right so he's leaving yeah and he crosses he is the right away and a biker just plows in line yeah that's central. not cool in the bike lane he goes flying he's in the middle of the intersection and and the biker just stops there. So people start gathering around and he's like almost knocked out. I think he cracked a rib. I mean, he was like, he lost his breath. He just was in shock. And then he got so enraged. He said he kind of like got up and just kind of exploded. And then the biker started yelling at him. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. I mean, that is, 
Did you that's imagine? That's so classic. That is so yeah. classic. The biker was that, like, "You're in the bike lane," and he was yeah. like, "Are you kidding?" You know? I knew, I knew, I knew you were gonna say that because <laughs> it's just like, I, it's got to be specific to New York, and like, I get it. Like, I have friends that are bikers. I bought a bike, and I'm like, "Wow, running is like, it's pretty scary when you're flying and someone's like running in the way." But oh, just course. like they are so angry. Like how, like how are you so angry that you just freak out? Like I was the only runner out there this morning, and this guy is like, honestly, more. More pissed than I've ever gotten in my whole entire life. Like, yeah, just crazy, man. Yeah, they've come up behind <laughs> me on, on the West Side Highway again. We're, now we're getting into this. Um, yeah. <laughs> they've come. One guy came up. Like, I'm out on the West Side Highway at like 8:30 p.m. You know, there's it's in the winter. No one's out there, and I'm on I'm in the bike lane, just heading south. You know, and um, this guy just comes flying up behind me, and he could see me. I can't see him, so he can go right around, right? And he. Just just yeah. screamed at me and like startled me like i was like oh my like he freaked me out and but there's nothing you could do because he was gone you know he's going 30 miles mm-hmm. an hour and there's no like you just have to take it and it's like so frustrating but, but agreed i mean i've seen bikers get really badly injured because yeah it's definitely not safe. cutting yeah. across the road or a pedestrian or a tourist mm-hmm. you know, looking up at the skyline taking pictures and crossing it's just kind of like that's just the space we have i know and, you just got to be so aware everyone's just got to be aware yeah it's dangerous um so i just wanted to close you're you're coaching athletes yeah on beat auto too now as well this is cool like in terms of professionally like what a transition for you now you're big in health and fitness you're doing some modeling yeah, yeah. Uh, representing some other brands and and but this is all kind of tied together and how is the coaching how has it been going like um what yeah. do you what's your approach you know to these athletes who are you yeah. work to yeah um yeah so it's been I'd say I started coaching right around maybe after I started getting coached. So I got pretty used to the platform, um, like the whole experience. And um, I had a bunch of people that reached out and were like, hey, like, I want you to coach me for, you know, whatever reason. And um, so I was like, yeah, at some point, like I'll launch and and, and I'll hit you up then. Um, so yeah, it's like, it's been an awesome experience because I have people that are just looking for general fitness and using running as like, you know, their go-to source of exercise. And then I have people running Boston, five-hour marathons, three-hour marathons, like pretty much all over the place. Um, And my approach to every person I coach is definitely specific. Um, And that's from like a training perspective, um, to seeing how people react to volume or speed workouts or what they like or what they don't like. Um, And communication, like some people want to talk about every single thing. Some people, they don't need to talk to you. They just want your expertise in building out training. Um, and lucky for me that because my whole running experience has been pretty fresh, like I know what people are going through and I kind of have a solution or at least what worked for me. Um, and I think that's honestly why some people um, are attracted to me being being their coach um, because they're like, hey, like how'd you get from 320 to, mm-hmm. um, you know, to 231 and progressing and dropping chunks of time off. And that's just if you're dedicated, like if you love like the marathon circuit, you know, um, but I definitely have like a handful of people that are just, you know, running to get in better shape. Um, and then it's more of like a holding them accountable, motivating, and this is what you should be like really focusing on um, kind of system. But it's been it's been really rewarding. Um, I have never really been in a coaching position before. Um, so it's been new to me. Um, but it's, you know, I feel it feels really good when people are um, super into it, they take your feedback, they learn from the mistakes, um, people getting like PRs and hit like mile best time, 
times or even just like, Hey, like my jogging pace is feeling so much better or like mm, even yeah. finding joy in the sport again. Like some people have been like, Hey, I was coached. I started hating running. And I think that, you know, maybe me and you would vibe and I'd like to try it again. Now they're like, Hey, like I love running and I just signed up for seven races. And you're like, Oh, this, this is great. Cause right. like that's, that's actually changing someone's, you know, lifestyle. Like you don't know how, like what trickles, you know, being dedicated to running or having consistent, um, you know, really exercise routine can like that could lead to some really, really cool opportunities and cool things, and you know, mental health benefits, physical benefits, just kind yeah. of all of it. So if you can make an impact, then I'm all yeah, about I it. Mean, I talked about going to the track for what probably is more mental health benefits, but <laughs> I just spoke yeah. at Mile High Run Club and that was a, a you know, because they have people coming into their classes more from the health fitness, like get a good yeah. workout, feel better, uh, et cetera. Not necessarily like competitive background, you know, focused yeah. how fast can I go? Necessarily. Yeah. So my part of my point, like you said, I feel better. That's awesome. Feel better. I feel better on my easy runs because something's happening physiologically. It's like, yep. if you feel terrible, it's like, oh, running stinks. Like, I don't like to work yeah. out and run because <laughs> it hurts. And it's like, well, you're not doing anything to make it feel better. You know, like you yeah. to improve your economy would, would help make easy runs feel a little bit more enjoyable. And yeah, most people just don't understand. Yeah. That. I mean, dude, that's the biggest thing. Like, I would say I have a lot of conversations with the people that I do coach, but I have conversations all the time with people that I don't like necessarily coach that are just like, Hey, Tom, like, how do I get faster? Or like, Hey, like, yeah. how do I start enjoying running? And the people that I do coach where I feel like I am actually um, responsible for, you know, how their, um, how their experiences and how their training goes. I like, I'm like, just promise me you'll like go through, you know, a couple months of consistent, like, trust me, mm. like easy running will be easier at some point. Like with these intervals, like people that don't see the point in like 20 second strides or stuff like that, you just kind of have to buy in. And then that's when you reflect like two months later and you're like, wow, like this feels so much better. Or like, I can't believe I can jog for 30 minutes without taking a walking break. Um, yeah. And that's just like stuff you have to tell people. Cause like at some point I didn't know anything about running. I just had to figure it out or talk to people. How are they finding you? Let's close on that note. Is it just Instagram? They see your progress to kind of follow along or just that and referrals, things like that anywhere else? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, uh, it's been like, uh, yeah, online, probably Instagram a little bit just because I post like my progress and just like kind of how I feel about running, which I think attracts a lot of people. Um, also just like how I balance it out with like the rest of my life and, um, friends of friends, honestly, yeah. people are like, Hey, like you should, you know, you're running marathon. So I had like a lot more people in the fall that I was coaching up for like a fall marathon. A lot of first timers that were like, Hey, if I want to do this, I want to do this. Right. Which is what I think like very important. Cause like that could kind of make or break how you feel about running. Like my first experience, I got really hurt and you know, I was like, Oh, maybe running's not for me. Meanwhile, if you have a coach for your first marathon who kind of ingrains these like ideologies or mantras or the training makes you feel fit. You're like, Oh, I, I like running. I like running. And then you, you who knows what that turns into. That could be like 15 years of running. <laughs> it could, it right. could spiral into some like crazy, like health, you know, revamp that you have and really change your life. So totally. yeah, no, we've seen that. I mean, that's, it has an impact. Um, all right, man. So we will include the link to your Instagram in the episode profile for sure. Um, people cool, should. Cool. Um, so we appreciate you spending time, Tom. Yeah, no, I, dude, thanks for having me on. It's been, uh, it's been a great chat and it's been a great ride with you guys as well. I really support or I just appreciate you guys, um, you know, having me on as a coach and, and, and pushing, uh, pushing out this stuff. So thank you. Yeah. And then I'll, once we're done recording, I think I'm going to circle back with you on starting a new cyclist versus runners podcast. <laughs> 
<laughs> Dude, I don't know. I think, I think there's, like, there's, wor- there's literally war stories out there. And I'm Imagine- actually I'm, I'm actually timid to talk about it because I know that there's cyclers listening or will listen to this <laughs> and like send me hate mail in my DMs. <laughs> like I, I, I understand it's very not safe, but you know, neither is running on the ice on the pedestrian path. So oh, this, I don't I mean, know, man. Hey, it's well, hectic. It's like, hectic out there. No one will no cyclists on the show. We're, we're gonna we're gonna get oh into God. hear their perspective. Let's air it out. I think we could we could solve a lot of this. Um, oh man, we're gonna do a peace treaty. Everything this thing. Oh, is, I, I think the city's trying. They made they made a bike path on the Brooklyn Bridge. Yeah, I mean it's it is a shame that our cities. I mean New York has been trying, but the rest of the country is just ridiculous. How unsafe yeah. it is for cyclists in general. Um, all right, man, we'll close on that note. <laughs> so, uh, close on a high note. Um, yeah. I appreciate it, Brian, for sure. And I'll t- and I'm sure I'll talk to you guys soon about you know some things this spring. And uh, of course, yeah, man, appreciate it. All right, Tom, take care, bud. See ya. I've been over here.